Hi, everyone. It's Michael Abernathy at the Times News, and I'm here with reporter Isaac Groves. Hello, everybody. Um, Isaac, you are working on a uh, Sunday piece about uh, statistics regarding child abuse and neglect. Right, right. Uh, well, I had to, I was talking to Valerie Chafin, who runs the Guardian Ad Litem program in Alamance County, um, and she was saying that uh, we had a statistic in our story about the uh, Child Abuse Awareness Month, the, the pinwheel mm -hmm. ceremony they do outside of the courthouse. We had that in our paper, I guess, the April 1st or the beginning of April. And one of the numbers that we had in that story was that there were 122 more cases reported in Alamance County than uh, in uh, 2018 than in 2017. And what she was saying is that that's, um, if you look at it in a particular way, that's actually good news. Because okay. what that means, It doesn't sound like good news. It doesn't sound like good news. But what she was saying is that there, there's not actually more child abuse. Uh, child abuse stays pretty steady, uh, but there's more reporting of child abuse. Okay. And the way that she um, came to that conclusion was by looking, there's, it's very interesting. She, there are three peak times a year for guardian ad litem. Now, guardian ad litem, they, um, in a way, represent children who are in these, who are, whose parents are in family court for child abuse or who, are, who have been taken from their homes mm -hmm. um, and advocate for them. So, you know, they go to the judge and say, the child wants to go back with his mom and dad. The child does not want to go back with his mom and dad. And also say, we don't think that the, the, the parents are ready to be reunited. Mm -hmm. And eventually they might end up advocating to have the child removed from the home entirely, although that's actually a DSS's call. But it's, you know, DSS has a lawyer there. The parents have a lawyer there. So guardian ad litem has an advocate there for the child as well. That's their role. But she was saying that she tries to um, organize her training and recruiting of volunteers because this is all done by volunteers, mm -hmm. um, around three particular dates. Uh, the holidays, um, school letting out, and then school starting again, because that's when you get these peaks of reporting. Because of the holidays, you have a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. At the end of the school year, the kids are now home. Yeah. So stressed families who maybe don't have childcare for work, what have you, suddenly have six hours a day where they need to deal with their kids, and they're not in mm -hmm. a position to do that. And then in, in August, when kids go back to school, you end up having more reporting of kids who aren't vaccinated or kids who are going to the doctor to get vaccinated and the doctor is saying, hey, where are these marks coming from? Mm -hmm. So in 2018, those, those peaks weren't really there. She said they were more like bumps, but the reporting mm -hmm. was pretty steady throughout the year. So she was saying, well, this, is, this seems to me that there's, there's more people who are aware of this and are reporting this. And when I asked a Department of Social Services, um, they were telling me, yeah, that's what we actually were, were, we were doing that. They, uh, um, because the county has this uh, what they call performance management, it's a system basically where departments will, uh, they set goals for departments and then some funding is, is set on, on the departments meeting their goals. And they said that one of the department's goals was to have 10 or more outreach programs. They had 16. Mm -hmm. And so this is meeting with... Um, community groups, anybody who requests it, and also law enforcement agencies to talk about sort of reporting standards, which for DSS is, if you suspect it, give us a call. Right. Just go ahead and report anything because they were having even police say, well, I'm not sure if this is actually child abuse or neglect. And they're saying, hey, that's, that's not, you don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Just tell us. Maybe not your call. Right. right? Yeah, well, it's, it's, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Right. And so you, if you have any suspicions, you make a report. And now, of course, for the police making these reports, they, they're, these are actually very involved documents that they have to give them. But basically, anybody can call up and just say, 
looks like this is happening. And in mm-hmm. fact, we're all required to. Every citizen or every person in North Carolina is what they call a mandated reporter. Good point. Which uh, I guess I wasn't really aware of. It makes sense. But so um, was it uh, Valerie Chafin was telling me that she saw a man in Walmart uh, hit a toddler with a closed fist. Mm-hmm. And she did call DSS and say, on this date, at this place, this is what I saw. And she got a letter back saying, we're investigating that. Okay, so when I spoke to uh, Adrian Day and Angela Cole over at DSS, what they were saying is that when you get more reports, uh, because like I said, there's 122 more reports, you get more, what they call, um, more of them are screened out, which means that they don't meet the criteria for uh, child abuse or a neglect, okay. yeah, um, which it. is, North Carolina's rules aren't as strict as in other states. In some states, if both parents are drug abusers, mm-hmm. that's that's criteria for DSS to get involved. In North Carolina, you have to show that drug abuse is affecting the way that is, is hurting the child. Mm-hmm. So it's just an extra step on the way. But um, so th- if you report, if you report what you think is child abuse in this state, uh, DSS will check into it, and there will be um, more than one person involved in looking at the case. And then they will either screen it in, which means they'll go on to investigate and see right. if any action needs to be taken, or screen it out, which means they're not going to move forward with it. And they'll let you know. They'll send you a letter saying, we screened this out. If you want to know why, give us a call, and they'll yeah. talk to you about it. And that's actually a pretty good idea, because then they can say, well, if you want to direct these parents to mental health assistance or parenting classes or whatever, or if you just want to keep an eye on this in case there's another report, because mm-hmm. you know, continued reporting is actually very helpful. They'll look at a case more closely if there's more incidents. So in 2016-17, they're looking at this on fiscal years, mm-hmm. uh, they had 97% acceptance of the cases that were reported. Okay. Um, that went down to 96 in 2017-18, but they were still averaging um, more per month. So it was like 5. Three cases were accepted per month mm-hmm. in 2017, and, five, and uh, six per month were accepted in 2018. So you are having an overall increase in the number of cases they're investigating. Right. So um, I thought that was an interesting take on it. So essentially, um, I, in the news business, we try to avoid using the term "raising awareness." Yes. Because it doesn't it doesn't actually mean much. Right. But in this case, it actually does. In this case, more people are aware of, of what they're supposed to be looking for and who they're supposed to be talking to, and apparently they're doing it. That's good news about a bad subject. Right, right, right. It's a, Yeah, it's kind of hard to find the upside to child abuse, um, the upside being if, if you stop it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought so. Did you learn anything about how exactly, like how does this outreach program work that they're using? Well, they're they're just it's something that they've been doing. It's not something new. They just uh, they had a, a push to do more of it. So they were usually doing you know five or six of these programs. Where basically just have um, Angela Cole go to um, your church group or mm-hmm. something like that and talk about what they're looking for and and how this how the process works. And in this case, they just did more of it. Okay. Um, and they're also uh, they're you know and so the, the your top reporters tend to be uh, school system law enforcement um after that they have uh hospitals and then family yeah um all of that makes very yeah. much sense yeah and so they were taught there were i think there was they were saying that there was more outreach to law enforcement um i was not able to get really good very, very good numbers from the police about that but uh yeah, tomorrow's another day maybe they'll get back to me yeah um 
Yeah, I should note that we're recording this on uh, Thursday afternoon, so there's still time for us to have to rewrite the story. There is. When someone gets back is. to us on Friday. Yeah, there's, there's always a chance to ruin Friday. Uh, and interestingly, uh, from what I've been able to tell, like less than 1% of cases are actually reported by the victims. Mm. Yeah, which I guess is not surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, kids don't necessarily know they're being hurt. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, it's a sad subject. Thanks. Thanks for your work. You're okay. welcome. Thank you. You can read this story at thetimesnews.com or pick it up on the rack uh, in Sunday's edition. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Goodbye.